I'm Michelle Davey. I'm Christelle. And this is the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm not dancing, you're dancing. Do you like that we've kept that, Christelle? Love it. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Autism podcast, Christelle. Not the marathon. Not the marathon. The marathon is over with. Did you have a nice rest? I have, actually. My voice was crackly and croakly and everything, but what a week <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was such a fantastic week, and I'm so glad we done it. So many people got involved. People donated. People listened. People, you know, shared the worst, and awareness was raised. Awareness was raised, and me and you have learned a hell of a lot. So much so that we are going to go back now and change some of our past content, aren't we? Oh, we've already started. Yeah, we have already started. Yes. We've made made a start. So there's a few hashtags and things like that on there. And just the way, because of something that cropped up a lot last week in the Let's Talk Autism Marathon, Chris, was the fact of the power of words. I mean, we heard this, I would say, every single day there was an episode on where this was mentioned, if not a couple of episodes a day, where our guests mentioned this. Yes, well, words are very powerful. They are. And, you know, I, I saw a quote. You know I love a quote. I love a quote. Love a quote. But I, can't, I can't remember it word for word, but it's that the tongue is the smallest muscle, one of the smallest muscles, but not many can hold it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just goes to show there's so much power that comes with what you say. Yes. So we do have to be um, cautious of the things that we do say. Crystal, what is your view with things that have been said in the past like we've we've put things out there in the past unintentionally not meaning to be harmful but they could have been could have been harmful yeah they, yeah. they could have been they you know there are, have been occasions where people have said like you shouldn't be writing that and we didn't understand mm. that so what's what's your view on that well i think there's always room for growth um and i think that can come with time it can come with age but, it, you know, it, it, it can come. <laughs> and when it does come, so when people do correct us, and we when we look back and see that we were wrong, we rectify it. Obviously, I think through the corrections that we've already started making, uh, we've had quite a big reaction to that, a good reaction as well. So I think it's, it's something that is very important to do. Yeah, and do you know what I hate, Chris? I think you're dead, dead right there. But do you know what I hate? It's when people call people snowflakes. Oh, it's a snowflake because you've been offended by that. Oh, you're a snowflake. I hate that. Do you hate that? I hate that terminology like that. That yeah. <laughs> that drives me mental. Like, how are you a snowflake, snowflake for for trying to be a better person and changing the way we want people to see other people? How does that make you a bad person? Why is that? An it insult? doesn't. I think that's just said by people who are bored and uh, small-minded. Yeah, they lack something to say. So they're saying, let me say something. Oh, I know. Snowflake. But, you know, we don't really care about... Honestly, we say it all the time. We don't care about people that say rubbish like that. At the end of the day, we're here to raise awareness. And if we do say something wrong and someone pulls up, pulls us up on it, we're going to do the right thing, you know, because we're not trying to cause any harm to anybody. So if you will call us Snowflake for that, then... Let it snow. 
<laughs> let it snow. Let it snow. <laughs> on that note, let's get Brian Dooley on because Brian, I tell you, he has been an absolute star this week. He has been sending uh-huh. me so much, has he, Chris? He's been sending us so much fantastic information after seeing our post on the Let's Talk yeah. Autism. Thank podcast, you in advance, Brian. Instagram. So let's get Brian on. Welcoming on to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. Very, very excited. He has been my on-hand help for the last week. We have got Brian Dooley. Hello, Brian. Hey, Brian. It's nice to be on. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Brian. Now, Brian, me and you have got in touch. You have reached out to support us on our quest because you see our latest post, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, one of Someone I know um, in the autism community, she would have uh, tagged me under the post and said, oh, Brian, you'd be perfect for this just because I get so um, particular about language. Yeah, so our post was about, because Christelle and I obviously we just finished our uh, podcast marathon, which was 49 podcasts in a week to raise awareness and acceptance within the autism community. And what we discovered over our journey, we've been doing this for nearly a year. In May, we started our podcast and a few things made me cringe when I went back and had a look at our first episodes because I realized as we spoke to guests and as we spoke to our autistic guests that a lot of the language we use in our very first episodes like for example hashtagging ourselves as autism mums was incorrect wasn't it really we were naive and and we didn't, you know, we weren't hashtagging to hashtag ourselves as autism mums. Tell us why that's not the thing to do. It's it's a matter of co-opting a group's identity. So you say you're an autism mum, but if you're not autistic, that and that that kind of takes on a different slant because you're like you're you're, you're taking all the wonderful diverse things like oh you're autistic, so you, you you're so different, your mind works so different. But you, you're kind of co-opting that in the frame of mind of your your kid is like that, but you don't really have any understanding. You you may raise a child, but you don't know what it's like from their point of view. And it's like it's like cultural appropriation, basically. That's the only way to explain it. And I would only think that term is appropriate for autistic mothers. So you're an autistic mother, so you're an autism mom or ma'am, as we would say in Ireland. That's just basically it. It's just it's just about cultural appropriation, knowing you're a parent of an autistic child as opposed to an autism mom, because it can be well intentioned. You you could be trying to show you're an ally, but it can come across the wrong way. Yeah, and also something really interesting I read as well is that you get kind of like these hashtags, and it's like ballet mums, dance mums. So like share a picture of your child dancing or child playing football, hashtag football mums. When actually, like the thing we're trying to do obviously was raise awareness, but then actually we're alienating people because people think, well, that's that's not us. We wouldn't ever hashtag that. Do you know what I mean? Whereas for now we do hashtag parents, parenting, because a lot of our episodes were obviously based hmm. on on parenting and you know going for ehps that sort of thing but we know that that wasn't the correct thing to do now and we will be taking out all of those hashtags we've already started on that there's a lot of content to get through in terms of our audio content i can't go back and re-edit everything you're taking a step in the right direction that's fine like audio content's a lot it's a lot harder to like amend that as opposed to 
you know, text posts, which I'd feel more strongly about because you can easily go back and do them again. That's how I feel about it. If it's a text post, it's a lot easier to go back and do it or document or something like that. You can easily go back, edit it and resubmit it. But an audio clip is harder. And knowing that you're going forward with the right intentions and the right language is it's just what we want because basically the autism community, like the actually autistic community, we, we don't even get the bare minimum of having our, our language said correctly. So we'll be in these discussions online and then a neurotypical person will come on and say, Oh no, it's person with autism. Like they'll, they'll feel that they'll tone places. And it's, it's very kind of patronizing. And I've been in discussions like that where I've been talked down to by by parents of autistic children as if my experience of 20 my 26 years of being an autistic person doesn't qualify me to speak on something like that but your seven years of raising a child does it's not meant in an antagonistic way what i'm saying it's just the fact that i'm going to understand certain things a lot better and i don't appreciate you trying to correct me like that because it's not your place to do that brian and what i wanted to ask is obviously we are mums of autistic boys we were on this journey we didn't plan to be on this journey like michelle said before we just didn't know you know when we're putting the hashtags and everything and um i know that michelle said that we've had some people say oh it's so embarrassing what they do what they've said they should correct that but like i said to michelle where we can correct we should correct but we always say it when we're on on the podcast that we're not professionals we're not experts but we are people who are willing to learn so what is the best way to learn all these terminologies like before we were saying oh yeah our, our children have autism now we've learned that that's not the thing to say how do we learn the correct things to say it's tried to think about from what from the autistic community's point of view like just try to think about in that in that fret frame of mind from doing communications courses at previous jobs i've learned that what's meant to be uh seven percent what you actually say and the rest is um various forms of body language like your tone of voice um the way you move your hands and th- things like that and what i've realized is that that's the neurotypical way of interpreting language uh, body language and actual speech and and other forms of communication but I feel like autistic people narrow in on what you actually say a lot more. So it's, it's a lot more important. And I don't, I don't think people realize that as much. And when you get into these online things, that is not always understood. So autistic people can take things quite literally. So like someone says, Oh, Oh, you suffer from autism. You, you don't look super autistic. Just think about how that makes us feel and how you would feel if, if someone said that to you, ableism has been around as long as society has been around. And if we're going to make progress, we have to get at least the basics down. I feel like this is just the starting point. Can you explain ableism to us, Brian? Well, ableism is discrimination against disabled people in society, but it extends towards, it actually affects everyone, weirdly enough. It's one of those weird forms of discrimination that can. So it would affect um the way uh, stay-at-home parents would see themselves in terms of, oh, I, I, I raise a child, but then people are making you feel bad because you, you, you don't work, even though raising children is how society continues and it's 
as a result is one of the most important jobs in society, but people don't always see that. And I always try to, when I hear mothers or fathers putting themselves down and stuff like that and say, this is one of the most important things in society. Like uh, maybe, maybe people don't make you feel like that, but it is. Um, people who are out of work are made feel about them, bad about themselves. People who can't work are made feel about, bad about themselves. All of this is ableism, really. Those are just a few examples. I, I shared a post, someone in the autistic community shared a post about how words like dumb and stupid, words that I've used my entire life and I didn't realize this myself. See, this is part of the learning process uh, I'm learning too. Um, words like stupid and dumb, they're originally used to describe intellectually disabled people and their diagnoses. And realistically, that is still the way people use these terms to deride people who they think are stupid or dumb. And this autistic person, she's, uh, they said that if you think of a stupid or dumb person, what are you picturing? And they said, you're picturing an intellectually disabled person, aren't you? Because that's what that's what the term means. That's how people use it. And it really made me pause and think because my initial reaction in my mind was to get very defensive uh, as ego defense would go and think, oh, no, that can't be right. But then I had to stop myself and think, wait, am I getting defensive or am I actually being helpful in terms of how I'm dealing with this new information? I'm not. So m- maybe I could take a step back and and look at okay, how would this make other people feel? And I started thinking, no, it wouldn't make people feel good to have these things said in a derogatory way to make of all of society to use these terms so flagrantly. It's just not helpful. And I'm going to move forward and not use those terms. Well, my son, he's only four. And on a few occasions now, I've heard a few of the children describe him as stupid um, or dumb because uh, he's non-verbal um, and something that I took to the school to say that they need to speak to the children about the language they use that even though my son is autistic and at the moment is non-verbal he has ears and he can hear and he does understand and he's far from dumb so I think yeah the language people use as well everyone needs to really be educated on what they can and can't say you know because you know we all have feelings yeah that's why it's so important for us to go back and as you say Brian, you've been a massive help to us this week and you've really helped us with, you know, you sent me some fantastic posts like the ones you were just telling us about. And it's really been eye-opening because, you know, we put that post out there. We've not had any negativity. We had someone say, oh, yeah, people won't be able to find you if they're not searching hashtag autism mums, like you're, you're limiting the places people can find you. But as we sort of replied, like we're not, but we don't want to be associated with that hashtag because Christelle and I, are not autistic so that's why we're removing that hashtag yeah. and, and and i think we were a little bit defensive at the beginning when we didn't understand why people were like you're not autism mom i was like what are they talking about yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah, are they talking about they, like that, they, don't, they don't know what they're talking about but obviously i think as well when it comes to correction i said it i think last week i think a kind word goes a long way you know because yeah. sometimes it's just about communication and them having a little bit of a misunderstanding you know like how you said you how you had to think am i being defensive or am i helping the situation here you know we have to come i think the way people come at each other has to be different because that will open up a way that we can open up certain conversations yeah brian what what would be your approach so say you say christelle and i you've only just come across us and 
you're seeing all of these hashtags. What would be your approach to come and speak to us? Oh we're God! We're naively, um, we're naively. I, he's laughing. He's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I can get very blunt about these things because I see them so often. They they annoy me so much, and I just I I can just pile in on things, and it's it's not always helpful. But like sometimes people do change their language, and that's really good. And I I say thank you, but it's what annoys me about those types of things is how much pushback I get sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. what makes me approach situations like that. As Christelle said, like you know, you can get defensive about things. And traditionally, I did not handle criticism well. You know, you know, autistic people can sometimes be like that. I think that's everyone as well, isn't it? Like I've had, like you were saying, I've had people say that about my son so many times. Oh, it doesn't look autistic. or He's not that autistic. It's infuriating. Like, and old school me and Christelle, would, <laughs> we were quite fiery young women. And, you know, that's still instilled in you. And, and... It really feels like a, a personal insult when people have so much ignorance towards our, our flesh and blood, our children. So I know we can't completely understand where you're coming from, but yeah, then to say that about our children, it, it hurts. It really hurts. Or, you know, say, oh, he'll grow out of it. We've had that said. To, I've had that said to me. Oh, he, I reckon he'll grow out of it. Try to take a calmer approach as I'm getting a, a bit older and wiser and we've sort of gone along our journey a bit more but Brian something you have brought to my attention this week is that not all sources of information out there could be correct ones to be going to so they could be organizations that might not actually support the autistic community could you just tell us a little bit about that oh my god see this is this is such like people have no idea how much how massive a problem this is in terms of in terms of autism specifically because, you know, discrimination is intersectional, uh, being a white, straight, cis male, like I have one of the more privileged experiences among the, aut- the autistic community. Like if I wasn't autistic, I'd be one of the more privileged members of society. I do acknowledge that. And I do acknowledge other members, most other members of the autistic community have a harder time than I do. But um, when it comes to charities, not every charity has autistic people's best interests at mind in mind um you have you have autism speaks there my, my community doesn't like them that's not that's not me going out of my way to to slag them right and it's just there's a very strong feeling in my community that they have not looked out for our interests they've made ads that are very ableist against us and you know there's a lot of the parent runs and neurotypical organizations don't tend to have autistic people's best interests to heart the ones that do would be the the as as I am in Ireland and Autistica in the UK, autistic led organizations working for autistic people who actually do the groundwork, say things in the right way, and try to practically help autistic people's lives. I wasn't trying to get into, you know, a whole thing of insulting anyone. I'm just speaking from the community standpoint. It's talked about a lot in our community that certain charities are just not good and that people should not associate with them. But when you try to tell parents this, sometimes they get very defensive about this. And some of these charities are st- 
still some of the biggest in the world despite our community's massive backlash against them. I know, yeah, we've had this discussion and you've pointed me in the direction of some some great charities, like you say, Autistica, that we've looked at now and we'll be really looking into different charities, won't we, Christelle? We've had a chat about this ourselves because you kind of don't, these are things that we kind of don't know. And it just, it just highlighted for me this week. I don't know how much trust you put into something because it's just out there. And also with Instagram, the yeah. dangers of following social media trends. That's the, that's what I keep saying is that it's because people don't know. Um, once you now, the information is brought to light, then you can, you can now rectify, if that makes sense. For example, Black Friday. Yeah. You know, you get Black Friday. I love a sale. I love a sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sale time. But when, when I found out the origins of Black Friday... Honestly, I was absolutely heartbroken. Absolutely heartbroken. What was it? It's um so Black Friday was when they used to sell um black slaves um back in America. So I think a a little black girl could be sold for about fifty p. And then yeah, so that's when they would. It's literally to do with selling off black slaves Black Friday. And I never ever knew that before beforehand. You know. Oh. But I was so I was so saddened when I did find out the origin of it, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to be participating in that. Even though we a lot of us participate in it now, we don't know the origins of it. But now that I do, I can't be a part of that. Does that make sense? So it's yeah. a learning curve, isn't it? It's a learning curve. Yeah. We participate in things, we say things that we are unaware are hurtful to others, harmful to others. Yeah. But once we are given that information. You know, like you, you and Michelle were in touch, and we are able to now go back and rectify certain things. Then you know we're doing it. No, and we appreciate that. Trust me, we really do appreciate when parents are on our side. With terms of our podcast, our podcast is a podcast run by parents of autistic children. We've had a lot of autistic guests, but mainly parents uh, and professionals, because obviously we want to reach out to everybody. So what? would your advice be to us about future guests, future topics for our, our podcast to make that an accessible podcast for everybody? I would say um, have, have an autistic host on, on your team as well. I think that would, I think that would help people know that you're like, you, you can use the language and stuff, but once you include us, we're, we're very much, we're a lot more likely to be on board and you can tackle issues that are important to the autistic community like um discussing the different types of therapy what works and what doesn't getting experts on board i um you know i feel like that that would be good having an autistic host hosting with you to show that the participation and stuff tackling important topics um maybe getting an autistic celebrity maybe getting Anne Hegarty. plus what we do want to do is try and obviously Christelle and I, we have our our format here is we have a guest every week. And we yeah. really enjoyed last week uh, when we did the marathon, having a couple of people. So I think that's a great idea, Brian, that we could have a professional one or we could have a parent that was, say, talking about speech regression or there's somebody that was talking about uh, beige food and aphids and then having somebody from the autistic community as well. And that would benefit for everybody, wouldn't it? Because you've got the parents speaking and who better to have advice from than, than somebody that's actually gone through, through through this as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, nothing replaces real life experience in terms of 
in terms of autism. But thanks so much. And please do keep in touch. And you can follow Brian at Brian.dooley95 and um, the Proud Irish Autistic. I also have that page uh, where I have a few posts up. Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And I just know. We're going to be firm friends and you're going to teach us so much on the Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'll try. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. It's nice speaking to you, Christo. Nice talking to you, Michelle. God, even I'm writing names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
on the Let's Talk Autism podcast journey. And we'll be back next week chatting to some more members of the autistic community. Lovely job, Leigh.